We love you, Jesus. It does feel good in the house of God tonight. There's no place I'd rather be than the house of God. It's where I get my strength. It's where I get my my sustenance. It's a it's a place of healing and so much more. Um, we are. I want to. I want to. I want to say uh, hi or let the church know we have a special guest tonight, and that is Sage Buxton's in the in the house tonight. So I forgot to say that during the previous announcements. We miss you. We're glad you're here. But we also have a uh, minister coming up here tonight. It's going to preach the word. And this is, this is important. We need laborers that are going to get and, and be sent, but not just to preach the word, but to, to seek and save the lost. We, we, all, we all are commissioned to do that. Um, and it, it's no light thing to get behind a pulpit and start preaching. And, you know, if you've ever done it, you know what I'm talking about. So let's get behind the preacher. I know he's been in prayer, and I know he's ready to bring a word tonight. Let's clap our hands as Brother Mark comes up to deliver the word tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Woo! Feels good in the house, amen? Praise God. I'm excited to have this opportunity once again. Pastor Hood's not here, but he's watching, he's listening. It just, that's, it works, sometimes it just works out that way, but I'm thankful to have this opportunity, and like Brother Diaz was saying, I don't take this uh, lightly. Um, I remember when Pastor Brother Buxton had me first open a service. I was so nervous and freaked out and scared that I literally read it and just walked away. Didn't say anything. And uh, it's nerve-wracking, but uh, I'm thankful because it's helped me grow. It's helped me really grow, and it's helped me really rely on God because I don't have the strength. I don't have the power, and uh, God's walked me and helped me through every step. Amen. Uh, If we could all turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 5 and 17. We just have a little bit of reading. I'm going to be jumping around in Luke 5. But I really just want to focus on this passage. And I want to focus on what's happening to a specific group of people and a man. Say amen when when you got Luke 5 and 17. And I'm very excited to have Sister Sage in the house of the Lord, my niece. I love her so much, and it's always great to see her smile. Amen. So Luke 5 and 17, and it says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, this is Jesus, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Don't forget that right there. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And, uh, verse 18, and behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him, before Jesus. Continuing, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude... They went upon the housetop, and they let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And jumping to Luke 5 and 20, verse 20, and when he saw their faith, someone say their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And jumping to verse 24, 
But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed his departed to his own house, excuse me, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, or awe, or amazement, saying, we have seen wonderful, it says strange things, but it, in, in your Bible, it, it means wonderful things today. And jumping to verse 31, like I said, I just, I'm jumping around Luke 5, and it says, and Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Can anybody testify and say, I'm not whole, but I'm, I'm sick and I'm in need here tonight. Amen. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And jumping to Luke 18 and 7, this is my last passage, I promise. It says, Luke 18 and 7. Praise the Lord. It says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Amen. And look at your neighbor and say, Got faith? Praise the Lord. And if, if you could help me pray and help me preach here tonight, I'm I feel in the Holy Ghost to title this, when the church responds, when the church decides to respond, something takes place. Amen. Why don't we pray here tonight? You can set down your Bibles, lift your hands, your voice. God, I'm thankful for you, Jesus. I'm thankful for your word because your word is infallible. Your word is true. Your word is just, God. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, God. I thank you for it. I thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that I feel here tonight, God. I thank you for your presence, Jesus. I thank you for what you did on Sunday, God. But I'm thankful for what you're going to do tonight, Jesus. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Lift up your voice. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, God. Thank you for what you're about to do. Hallelujah. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Luke and Acts were both written by Luke, the physician. When we understand the writers of books, who they are as people, and what they do for a living, this plays a big role in how they view or perceive. Luke, the physician, sees with the eye and understanding of a medical physician. We see that he uses more medical terminology than anybody else. Luke, a Christian Gentile, the beloved physician and friend, stated by the Apostle Paul in Colossians 4 and 14. Using his excellent Greek, Luke writes with readers in the Greek world and Greek-speaking upper class in mind. Accurately recording of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. The synoptic gospels model this. In today's medical field, this is known as charting, amen, or patient care reporting, something I get to do a lot of, amen. It has to be done specifically in order what actually took place and stood out for legality, billing, and medical studies. The physician following closely in our text as he writes certain things of importance that are taking place, 
For instance, in our text, there were Pharisees, doctors of the law, sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. High-ranking officials were present, doctors, tax collectors, city officials, and priests. No doubt the education was there and the intelligence was there. But the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Amen, somebody. How many is thankful for the power of the Lord that's present to heal? I'm thankful for that power. The world may not understand, but the church understands here today. Amen. We have a revelation where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. Amen, somebody. Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen, somebody. Where there is a Jesus-named church, there should always be faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And a revelation that Jesus is present to heal. What is a church without faith? What is a church without the Spirit of God? You're just gathering and having a, a group meeting. Amen. Amen. The book of Matthew states... He came into Capernaum. This is Jesus. He came into Capernaum, and, and, and the place he called, he called this his, his own. He came into his own, and he was received into somebody's home. Um, my Bible, my study Bible, it speculates, and it says it could have been the Apostle Peter's home in Capernaum that Jesus went to. But uh, I just want to let the church know, first, there, was, there has to be people that want a visitation from Jesus Christ. Amen. You have to welcome him into your home, into your area, into your church. Amen. Don't come to church with the mind to judge what's wrong and to pick out the flaws. God never blessed the scribes. God never blessed the Pharisees. But for he perceived their thoughts and he cursed their unfruitfulness. Amen. The four individuals in my text, in the text of the Bible, it's, it did not take the man with the palsy to the doctors that were in the area that came out of the known cities. They did not take the man to the city officials. They did not take the man with the palsy um, where, where all the, the Pharisees were gathered and have all life figured out. But the, these four individuals came together and took the man with the palsy to Jesus Christ. That means they had a revelation. Amen, somebody? Does the church have a revelation that Jesus is still able to heal, that Jesus is still, still able to forgive, that Jesus is still able to fix somebody that's broken, somebody that's hurting? Come on, somebody. Let it be known by the clapping of your hands. Let it be known by the lifting of your voice. My God's able to heal. My God's able to change. My God's able to fix. The four individuals that brought this man with the palsy is a type of the church that we must understand. They work together, they plan, they execute for a common goal. The man with the palsy is, is the lost or struggling soul that doesn't have the strength or the revelation that the church has or that the ecclesia has. Amen. In the Greek, palsy is paralelumenos. Amen. <laughs> Refers to having been weakened, having been disabled, feeble, uh, feeble, paralyzed, or partially or entirely paralyzed. 
Amen. You want to bring out that mega mover? This is something we use at my work all the time. Just spread that thing open right there, brother. I'm going to give you guys a visual because it just helps me. I don't know why. It helps me remember. So you got the four individuals. I need three strapping young men. I need you lay down in the middle. You're the man with the palsy. Yeah, lay down right on your back, brother. And I need, I need uh, three other young men. You grab a corner. Each of you on a corner. You got straps right here. Amen. This is the, the four that were taking the man with palsy. Not yet. This is called worship right here, brothers. When we begin to worship church, something begins to happen. Sometimes we don't have it all figured out. Sometimes we come to church with pains and struggles. But when we begin to worship, we're stepping out of our comfort zone. And we're stepping into a new dimension, amen? Because you don't know what, what will happen in that church service. You don't know what your praise can do for somebody else. And this is what happens. All of a sudden you start worshiping. All of a sudden we lift them up together. Come on, let's walk with this dude. You feel that weight? This is called worship right here, church. Hallelujah. Where are we taking him to the doctors? Where are we taking him to the lawyers? Now we're taking him to Jesus right now. We're taking him to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're taking him to the one that can heal him, that can fix his legs. Hallelujah. Amen. It really got tight over here. Good Lord. But you, you guys get the picture. This is what happens when we, get, when we begin to worship. You can set him down. You guys are good. Thank you. Thank you, Palsy. You're healed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Worship is difficult more times than not and doesn't feel good to the flesh, but it sparks a change with faith fueling it. By their faith, the man with the palsy was taken to the presence of God, freed him from sin, and then healed him. Church, your worship transports the patient to higher care. Come on, this is a revelation that I, that I begin to understand working on the ambulance. And I begin to realize, you know what? We help these people at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, sometimes for, for things that I, I don't consider an emergency, but that's on them. Praise God. And we, we show up to their house, and we lift them up, and we take them to the emergency room. And we do, we do what we're trained to do. We do what we understand and what we know how to do, what I went to school for. And that's just like the church. If you have a revelation and understanding what your worship does, what your praise does, then you better stand up. You better give God the praise that he deserves. Come on, just like Pastor Hood preached, there's sins of omission and there's sins of commission. If you have a revelation of understanding that your worship takes you into a new dimension, that your worship takes you into the presence of Almighty God, you better stand up, you better lift your hands, and you better say, God, I might not feel it right now. I might not have faith right now, but I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. I'm going to trust in your word. I'm going to trust in what you said, God, that you would do here today. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Because of the four patient advocates understanding, they recognized an opportunity and they capitalized on it. When opportunity arises, you do what you can to maximize it. Amen, church? Because we never truly know what could happen. 
Every day is an opportunity to worship. Every service is an opportunity to respond. Come on, somebody. Friends and family can only take you so far or, a cer- or to a certain point. Books, classes, degrees can only take you so far, but Jesus can take you further than you could take yourself. Hallelujah. Jesus is not just interested in healing or fixing, and that's it, and it's all done. But he's looking to start a relationship out of his encounter with you and for you to forsake all and follow him. Not just a one-time fix-all, but continually coming to him for every need. Hallelujah. Miracles, complete victory, complete healing, wholeness can come from an encounter with Jesus. How many miracles have I missed or not maximized or not been a part of? Just like in our text, we read that the people tore the roof off to lower the man because they knew that they couldn't fix him, but they knew somebody who could. Hallelujah. I know somebody that can fix every problem here tonight. I know somebody that can fix every disease. I know somebody that can fix my broken marriages and and broken households, and that's Jesus Christ. Come on, and the church has a responsibility to show up to every service and to get into the presence of God. Hallelujah, to worship his holy name because he deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. He deserves the praise. And something begins to happen when I call his name. Something begins to happen when I begin to lift my hands and I begin to worship in faith. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Shout unto God. Hallelujah, I want to move here tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The church needs to realize we are the transportation and the mobility to get the sick and injured, the hurting, the broken, the diseased, the sinner, the blind, the lame, the poor in spirit to Jesus. Our worship, our praise, the atmosphere that we create should take them into the presence of Almighty God where they can become healed, where they can become fixed, where they can become transformed and leave differently than when they came in. Psalms 22 and 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest or dwells or lives in the praises of Israel, his people. Come on, somebody, when you begin to praise, worship, when you begin to testify and amen, when you begin to get behind the man of God, our pastor, something begins to happen in this atmosphere. Something begins to to stir in this atmosphere and change. I can't explain it all, but I feel it. Amen. Hallelujah. The church is not paralyzed. The church is not lethargic. The church is not apneic. The church is not altered. The church is not anemic. And the church has no problem ambulating or moving forward. And yes, I used medical terminology on purpose. But the church does not have a problem with their worship. The church does not have a problem with getting into the presence of God because it's there for them. It's just waiting upon the people to do something with it. The church has power, amen. The church has anointing. The church has promise. Hallelujah. Isaiah 10, 27, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. The yoke shall be destroyed, destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. 
So why wouldn't we want to get into the presence of God? Why wouldn't we want to be anointed if that destroys the yoke? And if you don't understand what a yoke is here tonight, that's something that's binding. It used to bind two oxen together as it would plow. And in this passage of Scripture, a yoke is not something that's good, but something that is keeping you in line and going the wrong direction. But when the anointing begins to take over, when the service begins to move, when the Spirit of God begins to flow, there's an anointing that begins to happen when the pastor preaches. There's an anointing that begins to flow when the, when the worshipers sing. There's an anointing that begins to happen when the righteous begin to lift their hands and call out to God. Come on, somebody. Let the anointing of God change you. Let the anointing of God break every yoke in your life. Let the anointing of God heal you here today. The individuals had to break through the roof in faith. And I don't know about you guys, I've moved big people before. Guys with a lot of weight, some of them are our own, my own coworkers. We do this as a training, and it's horrible sometimes. Guys fill out C1s for throwing out their back all the time. And in this scripture, I wonder how they got this guy on the roof. Like, let's be honest, how do you get a man that can't use his legs or one of his legs up on a roof back in those times? Maybe an old school ladder, but it took work. I'm just trying to get your minds thinking of this. How would you get a man, and he probably wasn't as strapping and thin and strong like Brother Caleb Diaz, but who knows how much he weighed? Who, who knows what the problems he had? And who knows how difficult it was to get this man up on a roof and break through a roof and down to Jesus? In my line of work, we, we do something called ventilating a structure when it's on fire. And we get, it's the most dangerous thing we could do because there's two, two different things that can kill firemen. It's fire below you and it's fire above you. And when we get on a roof, fire is below you. And it's, it's compromising the structural integrity. And we're up there, we call ourselves roof shepherds because we look like a bunch of roof shepherds with long hooks. And we don't, you know, we look like we're just walking around everywhere. But we do it to cut a hole, to cut all the the bad fumes and the carcinogens out so maybe it would give somebody a chance to live and they don't die of smoke inhalation. But this is our most dangerous job. So I begin to see this and think, my God, how, why are these guys getting up on a roof? How, how crowded or crazy was it that Jesus was preaching and there were so many people that they couldn't even get in? These guys had to go up on the rooftop, which was probably super dangerous. They were risking their own lives. And I said all that to say sometimes the church has got to risk it a little bit. Sometimes the church has got to get a little sketchy and get on a rooftop. That, you got to get out of your comfort zone. If you, if you really crave a move of God, if you really want a change in your life, if you really want something to God to speak to you or give, have direction or have a change or a healing in your life, you got to do something out of the ordinary. You got to do something that nobody else is willing to do. Amen? Hallelujah. The church needs to have faith and breakthrough in worship. I felt this, and I feel like God on, on Sunday, our church service, I just felt breakthrough, breakthrough. God wants the church to break through. And it took me back to when the youth, we were here on a Friday night, a random Friday night. Uh, there was probably 10 or 12 of us. I think the Worthies, Brother, Johnson, Brother Jonathan was included. Uh, we began to pray, and it Starts out like any other normal prayer meeting, you know. It's kind of quiet. It's young people. They don't, they're kind of looking around. You turn on some music, some prayer music. We start praying. 
all of a sudden, maybe like, what, 15, 20 minutes in, I felt a weight. I felt like something was on my shoulders. I was like, man, God, what is this? But I just I kept praying, and I kept having faith, and all of a sudden, one young person started speaking in tongues. Two young people, Faith and Olivia, one of them, started speaking in tongues. This is young people on a Friday night. There's no adults here. Young people started speaking in tongues until everybody that was here was speaking in tongues. That's called a breakthrough. That's what the church needs. Every time we show up, there has to be an encounter or a radical shaking. I don't, know, I just, I don't want to come to church and lift up my hands and think that's enough, clap my hands and go back home and be like, well, that's, that was cool, that was fun. I'm just going to go back to work and this job's probably going to kill me and I didn't pray through last night. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have time for... For patty caking with Jesus. I don't know about you, church, but I want a radical move of God, an encounter with God every single service. Because that's what's going to keep people coming. Because that's what's going to draw the crowds. Because that's what's going to heal people. Because that's what's going to fix lives. A powerful move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody clap your hands. Hallelujah. Jude. 1 and 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of your Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some having have compassion, making a difference. My God. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that's spotted by the flesh, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. How many want to be anointed now? How many want to make a difference now? How many want to have compassion and help pull people out of the fire? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we lift our hands real quick and begin to magnify God. Come on, I, I feel something begin to stir in here. I feel something begin to move in here that, that is calling people to, to break through. That's calling the church to push a little bit more. Come on. Yeah, because there's spirits in this valley. Yeah, because there's things coming up against us. But you know what's going to combat that? That's the spirit of God. That's the power and the presence of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. I know it's a Wednesday night. I know you're tired. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's uncomfortable. But this is how I worship. This is how I get into his presence. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. God reminded me. I just want to share this with somebody. God reminded me of a time when, when I was struggling. I probably was a year in here, and I was sitting right where Brother Jonathan is with my head down. I was beat up. I was confused. I didn't have it all together, but I was showing up to church services. And I remember Elder Bobo came up to me, and he said, you know, even David encouraged himself in the Lord. And it gave me hope. <laughs> hey, it gave me hope, and I'm, I'm trying my best not to be emotional, but, 
There's something that happens when the people of God begin to operate in their anointing. Something begins to change when you begin to lift up your hands and you begin to worship and you begin to really seek after God because you don't know what the person next to you is going through. You don't know what the young person might be struggling with. But when you lift up your hands and your voice, something begins to happen. Faith begins to rise. Come on, somebody, I feel the presence of God. Lift up your voice, lift up your hands, begin to worship. God, you're worthy, Jesus. Thank you for your spirit, God. Musicians, you could come and play softly. I want you. I want this church to keep praying and keep filling after the Spirit, because I feel something that's that's about to break in this house. Hallelujah! I'm thankful for that moment, and I'm thankful for a church that would take it upon themselves to worship. Because I was messed up, young man, and the only thing that was keeping me was the presence of God. All of a sudden, I will find myself in the presence of God. In the presence of the great physician that was fixing a feeble man, that was fixing a man with palsy. Hallelujah. I asked a friend of mine, and I'm not going to say her name, but you might start figuring out once I, once I read what I'm about to say. A friend of mine that was attending this church, uh, she's attended many churches in this area, but she came to ours. She called ARC her home. Uh, unfortunately, she had to move to Southern California to take care of her grandmother, her dying grandma. But I asked her one day, I said, what was the difference about those other churches? And she told me that they had beautiful buildings. They had more people. They had more money. They had more programs. They had talented musicians and skillfully played mu musicians in music. They had intelligent teachers. They had people with degrees and careers and of high class and and I asked her what what brought you here what made you keep coming back then and she said I, I don't feel the presence of God like I do here and that's a beautiful thing that's a lovely thing and I just want to stress that on the church real quick because we can become like any other church if we lose that and if all if I know we should never co compare ourselves among ourselves, but when we look at the other churches, if they have everything else and we don't have the presence of God, what do we offer this world? I'm just, I'm just being real here tonight. I hope that's okay. What separates us from the rest is our ability to get into the presence of God and God touching our every need. Don't lose that church. Don't lose the ability and the revelation of who you are and what you are called to do. Because first, we're called to be worshipers. First, we're called to be praisers. First, we're called to exalt his name above every other name. You are the children of God. But with that royal robe comes responsibility to get into his presence. God is calling the church to break through here tonight. 
God is calling the church into, the, into his presence every single service. Why don't we stand? I'm finished here tonight. Why don't we begin to pray real quick? Why don't we lift up our voices right now and begin to seek after his spirit? God, I want you to move right now, God. I want you to, Jesus, I want there to be a breakthrough into your spirit, God. I want your presence, God, to overwhelm me like never before, Jesus. God, I don't want to just do it for myself, but I want to do it for those around me, God. I want to do it, Jesus, for the person that's sitting by me, God. I want to do it for my family, Jesus, and those, God, that I don't know that will walk into this church, Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Come on, church. Somebody lift up your voice. Lift up your voice right now. Begin to love him. I love you, Jesus. I want a continuation of a breakthrough, God, that we felt on Sunday, Jesus. I want to feel your presence move, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let it overflow, God. Let it flood into my spirit, God. Let it change me, Jesus. Let it renew me, God. Let it strengthen me right now, Lord. Oh, church, come on. Why don't you lift up your voice? Hallelujah, God. I need you right now, Lord. I need your power, God. I need your anointing, God. I'm not going to be satisfied, Jesus, with leaving here the same. I'm not going to be satisfied, God, with, with God not getting into your presence, Lord. But let there be a desperation for more of you, God. Let there be a zeal for more of you, God. Let there be, Jesus, a courageous spirit to get into your presence, God. Why don't you gather around this altar? Come on, I didn't preach long. I want somebody to tap into the presence of God. It only takes one person. It only takes one person to break through. Come on, somebody set your mind on the, put your affections on things above right now. Begin to, begin to worship, begin to exalt him. Begin to lift up his name. Come on, he deserves all the glory. He deserves all the honor. He deserves all the praise. Come on. Jesus, you're everything I need right now. Jesus, you're my healer and my provider. Jesus, you're my strength and my strong tower. Jesus, you're my ever-present help in the time of need, God. Oh, Jesus, I need you right now, Lord.
church come on there's a move of God in the back come on there's breakthrough in this house keep pushing keep praying God you're worthy I thank you Jesus heal her God heal her body heal her mind right now God touch my brother God touch brother Barbara right now Jesus touch my family God every family in this house God touch the worthy family Jesus touch the Diaz family God move in every family in this house God Hallelujah, every lost soul, God, I'm pushing for them, God. I'm pushing for every backslider that left this church right now, God. In the name of Jesus.
God's presence is here tonight, church. God's presence is here. Reach out to him. Seek him. He is here. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but I will say this right now, and that is God can do more in the blink of an eye than I can do in an eternity. God is able to do that. The church is important. You are important. This is our year, church, the year of favor. If we want the favor, we're going to have to get into prayer and we're going to have to dig into the spirit. God's doing something right now. He's doing something right now for those that are seeking after him. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, my God. You are great and greatly to be praised. stop this work that you've begun in me, Lord. Never stop this work, God. I need you to live, to move, to have my being, God. I believe God answered some, some questions here tonight. I believe God touched some souls, some spirits, some hearts tonight. We need to open our hearts, our minds to him. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Brother Mark did a great job preaching. If you want to continue to pray, please continue. We can just dwell in, the, in his presence. If you have to go, you're welcome to leave. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this church. I feel that there's supernatural power 
right here. And God wants to use you and me and every one of us. Avail yourself to him. Avail yourself to him. We love you, Jesus, in your great and wonderful name. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. If you want to continue praying, please continue to pray.